Hello, friends, and welcome to the Coastline Baptist Church podcast. We hope this message will equip, encourage, and edify you in your journey of life. We'd love to connect with you. Please email us at info at coastlinecc.org. And for more information about our church and our services, visit coastlinecc.org. Now let's open our hearts and open God's Word. My mom has been a nurse for as long as I can remember. Um, she was a nurse when I was growing up. She was a CNA, I think, really, probably before I was even born. And then she ended up going to LPN school as I got older, and now she's an RN. But ever since I can remember, my mom has been a nurse. And when we were kids, and she would have to work my kind of the evening shift and things like that, um, she would often, if my dad was, my dad was a cop, so he'd work second shift. So we'd end up going to the nursing home, whatever one she was working at at the time, um, to kind of just sit and wait for her shift to be over. So I grew up around old people, really, not just grandparents. And my mom just is so good at it. Marissa is also a nurse, and she loves working. And they're just, I tell her all the time, she's like, well, that's because your mom taught me. Just they're perfect working with, with the elderly in nursing homes, things like that. Just my mom's worked at the soldier's home in Holyoke, the veteran's home in Holyoke, for probably the last 20 years or so, almost 20 years. And, um, but growing up, she worked in a Jewish nursing home. She worked taking personal care of a, an older lady up until the day that she passed away. And um, I remember certain things about growing up in that environment. And I remember one time, we were in the Jewish nursing home, and um, there was a, I don't remember anything about that. <laughs> I have vivid memory of it, but not for the right reasons. Um, and this old gentleman was sitting in his wheelchair, probably in the hallway where they kind of sometimes just kind of sit and watch people walk by. And my mom was so sweet to everybody. And she just always made all the residents feel so loved and cared for. She's a compassionate nurse, not just a nurse that clocks in and clocks out. She's a nurse of compassion. It's because she knows Jesus and she pours the love of Jesus onto whoever she's in contact with, especially in that um, setting. But this, I remember, I was with my older brother, younger sister. We're all, you know, pretty much kids. I was probably, probably 10, maybe 11 years old. And this older gentleman was sitting in the wheelchair and he was drinking a strawberry see if it works, a strawberry insure, okay? Even the carton doesn't look very appetizing, okay? Maybe you drink these regularly. Bravo to you. I can't. This, this man, um, obviously I know it's good for your health, so obviously as residents, nursing home, they're, they're, that's what they give them to drink, at that time at least. So he had a carton like that with a straw coming out of it, and he was drinking it, and as we were walking by, we always said hi to the residents, things like that. Um, because my mom wanted us to, and she was teaching us to be kind to others, and, and I thank her for that. Now, this instance was maybe a little a step too far. This older gentleman, who, who I'm not sure if he had maybe some, some early dementia, or maybe, again, I don't remember, he could have had, you know, a serious case of it, but he offered me some of his strawberry insure. Now, if you're wondering, I didn't want any. I didn't ask for any. I know it probably been sitting on his table for a long time. I know it wasn't chilled. And he offered it to me. Now, again, I didn't want any, but my mother, being the kind-hearted, compassionate nurse she was, said, Donald, he offered you some strawberry insure. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> and I can kindly say, no, thank you, but... Mom didn't want me to do that. She wanted me to go to next level kindness, okay? 
And she said, take a sip. I said, <laughs> so I took that carton. And listen, the guy was being so sweet. So looking back, whether he had dementia or not, he was just being sweet. They don't see kids very often. That's why we talked about starting kind of a nursing home ministry in our church, because they need to be around kids and, and things like that. It's, 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 it, I think, warms their heart so much. I used to do it in Michigan. Either way, I was that kid that day at the nursing home. And I would never make my child drink warm strawberry and sure. That day I did. And I think the reason I have such a vivid recollection of that memory is because it forever haunts me taking that and taking a sip. And it was warm. And it was strawberry. And it was thick. And I said, Ugh. I see the faces out there. Ooh, yes, believe me. And guess what I had to say after I was done with that sip that I had to choke down? Thank you, sir, for giving me a drink. Now, I don't know how much I meant that thank you in the moment as I said the words. I've been a parent for now 12 years. Donald just turned 12. Oftentimes, the kids will bicker. The boys will bicker with each other. That's pretty common. We know that. There's a time I remember when the boys were bickering, and I said, you're going to wear this shirt together because you're going to learn to get along, okay? And I remember, you can see how thrilled they are about this idea that I had. So thrilled. And um, you ever had your kids, you're like, you need to say sorry to your brother, which is what I do. And they say sorry, but it's very obvious that they don't mean it, right? Sorry. Sorry, Charlie. I'm like, okay, that's, you know, <laughs> step in the right direction. Say sorry to Donald. Sorry, Donald. Okay. That's kind of where we're at with that situation and the last 12 years. Even beyond that, you know, there have been times when they maybe have received something kind of like me with the strawberry insurer, and I say, you need to say thank you. Say thank you to Papa and Nana. Say thank you to so-and-so or whatever, and it's like the most half-hearted, unrealistic thank you, like, thank you, thank you for this or whatever. It's life, and it's how we often live in situations like this, and it's funny to laugh at these situations, but oftentimes, church, just like me with saying thank you for that drink at the nursing home, just like the boys apologize to, to each other and not really meaning it, we can do the same thing, and sometimes every single week. We're talking today about next-level worship. Next-level worship. What is worship? Okay, I have a definition. I want to read it to you. Worship is a truth-based spiritual relationship with God that responds to God's greatness by a daily dying to oneself, an internalization of his truths, and practice of faith-filled actions in Christ. I want to read that again, kind of break it down. What is worship? Worship is a truth-based spiritual relationship with God. It's your relationship with God that responds to God's greatness, his goodness, his faithfulness. We know that God is faithful. We sing about how faithful he is. We read about how faithful and good God is to us all the time. And worship is responding to that by daily dying to oneself. It's not about what I want. It's not about what I think I need. It's not about my desires. It's about him. I'm dying to my own self and living to his and, and, and giving my life to him. It's dying to yourself, internalization of his truth, the word of God, his truth taking it in, whether it's reading your Bible or listening to preaching, however it is, reading a devotional, internalizing the truths of God and his word and practice of faith-filled actions in Christ. Because I'm worshiping him, because I'm dying to myself, I'm internalizing his truths in my heart, in my mind. Now I'm going to practice and live in such a way that honors God, 
that pleases him. I'm going to take, not just internalize the truths, but I'm going to live out these truths. That's worship. A simpler definition of worship, really you can look to the book of John when John said, he must increase and I must decrease. More Jesus and less Donald. More about what he wants, what he's calling me to do, what his word tells me to do, and less of what I want to do. Like the song we sang today, your way is better. Your way is better. I'm choosing your way. That's worship. Romans 12 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It's dying to self and saying, I will be a living sacrifice. In the Old Testament, they made sacrifices of animals for forgiveness of sins, for worship of God. And Paul is saying here in the book of Romans, we're a living sacrifice. I give myself to you. God, I give all of me to all of you. I'm not going to be conformed to this world and the world's way of thinking and, and, and kind of what, what the world calls us to do and, and the culture of the world. No, I live a different life. It's about God. My, my mind is being changed, being renewed, being transformed. My thinking is changing by the grace of God in my life. 1 Corinthians 10. Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. And we could, this sermon series may continue on over the next few weeks when it talks about different types of worship. But today, we talk about 1 Corinthians 10, that scripture that says, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. I want to hone in this morning on a specific type of worship, and that is the worship that we get to participate in as the body of Christ, as the church. Our, our Sunday morning worship, our time where we are able to sing praises to God. If you have grown up in church for any length of time, no matter what denomination you're in, man, there's all, singing is always a part. It may be a different style or a different you know, music or whatever, but singing is a part of a church service, whether you're in a Catholic church or a Baptist church. or It's just part of it. And the Bible, the Word of God, God uh, commands us to sing. So I'm going to ask a few questions. We're going to kind of breeze through this morning. And, and, and uh, I have a lot of information to give you and a lot of scriptures. But a few questions to start off. Why does God want to sing? Why is singing an important part of the Christian life, of our church service even, of coastline? I mean, one of our themes, uh, one of our uh, core values is authentic worship, the praise of God given. You see our core values on that back wall. Why does God want us to sing? Well, singing is just one way. It's just one way we can worship God. It's not the only way we worship God, but it is one way we can worship God. We're publicly proclaiming His glory, His goodness, His holiness, and our thankfulness to Him for all He's done, for the gift of Jesus Christ. We are publicly proclaiming that when we sing. That's why God wants to sing, because it's a public proclamation of my thankfulness and gratefulness and really of the gospel in general. So what does God want us to sing? Well, every song that we sing as a church is based on the word of God and what the word of God says. Colossians 3.16, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. We sing songs 
based on the word of God. We sang this morning, I'm going to make room for you. Uh, your way is better. The book of Hebrews is all about how God's way is better, how Jesus is better. We sang uh, Jireh this morning, this Old Testament Hebrew name, one of the many names of God, Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides, the God who is enough. We sang uh, always, that first song, uh, he's yesterday, today, and always. That's the book of James, yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is the same, always the same. We sing songs based on the truths of God's word. We don't sing our opinions. We don't, we don't sing uh, just what we think. No, we sing what God has shown us. We sing what God has shown us, yes, in our lives. We sing about the goodness of God. But what's grounded in, what's governed by, what's saturated with the word of God. Many of the songs we sing are taken right from the scriptures, right from the psalms. Our minds, as we sing, as we're singing, they should be, are alive and they're active and they're focused on the truths of God's word. So how does God want us to sing? We talked about why, because it's a command, because it's a way we can uh, proclaim the gospel and his goodness in our lives. What does he want us to sing? Scripture-based songs, yes. But how does he want us to sing? And we see in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 5, and verse 18 says, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. First off, how does he want us to sing? We see it right there in verse 18. Be filled with the Spirit. Our singing should be sung spiritually. Verse 18, Paul is saying here in the book of Ephesians to the church at Ephesus, to the Ephesians, be not drunk with wine uh, where it is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And what he's saying here is, really, you could fill in not about just wine and things like that, but anything else that's going to take the place of the Spirit of God in your life. Man, don't be full of everything else and leave no room for God. Be filled with the Spirit. And when we sing, listen, singing and our... 15, 20 minutes of worship in the mornings, man, that should be in our hearts a spiritual time. Not just another section of the service that we are getting through. No, it is a time when we are worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. When the music starts, when the words come on the screen, if they do, doesn't matter. Listen, it's a time where we are worshiping God. It's a spiritual time. We need to sing spiritually and as we sing these songs the fullness of the holy spirit in our lives being filled with the spirit as ephesians 5 says it reveals jesus in every song in every word and it should church it should the problem is oftentimes we get so caught up in either not liking the song or uh knowing the song so well we don't even need to read the words or thinking about other things that it's not a spiritual time at all for us we're not thinking about the gospel. We're not thinking about Jesus when we sing. We're just kind of singing. We're kind of singing what we know. It should not be habitual. And that goes not just for those in the chairs, but even the worship team up here. So many times I've said, man, I have got to make sure that when I'm leading worship, that I'm worshiping as well. That in my heart, I am riveted on the truth of God's word. I am making it a, a time of genuine, authentic worship in my life. And it is a spiritual experience for me where I am worshiping God being filled with the Spirit. Not only spiritually, but how should we sing? Obviously, congregationally we sing. Congregationally. Ephesians 5.19. 
the next verse that we had read says, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And that word yourselves, speaking to yourselves, means singing, to, singing around and to really each other and to the Lord. The singing in our worship time is addressed to God, obviously, our prayer to Him. But listen, it's, it's a team effort, isn't it? It's, it's the family of God singing. That's why some songs, this is a great song we haven't done it in a while, called The Blessing, taken from the book of Numbers. Uh, Lord bless you and keep you. God make his face to shine upon you. That song is really not directed necessarily to God. It's directed to each other, where we say, hey, I am going to uh, uh, you know, make his face to shine upon you, a, the, a blessing. It's congregationally. It, it, the, the fact that we're singing to the Lord makes it worship, yes. But the fact that we're singing to be heard by each other and singing with each other to the Lord, that's what makes it corporate. We call it corporate worship when we sing together congregationally. And it's so important that we do that. It's so important. Listen, we could take out the singing part and focus right on the preaching of God's word, but no, it is important. It's important to sing together, to sing out, to where all of us are lifting our voices. To get together as, as, a, as, a, as a choir. So, well, we only have like, this doesn't matter. You think, you think God's looking down and saying, well, if they only had 30 more people, then I would listen and care. No, no, no. God is glorified and honored and smiles upon Coastline Baptist Church, whether there's 100 in here or whether there's 25, when we, with genuine hearts of worship, sing to him. We sing congregation. We also sing, uh, this next word, I didn't make this up, but I'll tell you what it is, theocentrically. Big word, right? I don't use big words often. Theo, the root word is God, and centrically, obviously, focus, the central focus. It's God-focused music. How should we sing? Our focus should be on God. Verse 19 again, making melody in your hearts to the Lord. The focus of our mind, and I know this is hard, church. I know it's hard. It is hard for me to often stay focused during worship or during anything, really. But to stay focused. There's always something going on, going on around us, and it's easy to, you know, I understand some people even have responsibilities during worship time, but man, if we can just during our worship, when, the, when we stand together, when the music starts, Lord, I'm going to focus on you. That's why I asked you to pray this morning. Pray and say, God, help this worship to, to be important to me and to mean something in my life. It's focused on God. The focus of our mind is on God and the affections of our heart for God as we think about God and his goodness and his faithfulness and what he's brought me through or what he's bringing me through right now. And we think about God and we're focused on God as we're singing songs like uh, Jaira, I'll be content in every circumstance because you're enough for me. And we're singing these songs. Our hearts are overflowing with love and affection for God. And that overflows and should overflow into singing as we sing. Theocentrically, God-focused. Also earnestly, Ephesians 5.19 says we're singing, making melody in our hearts to the Lord. It's, it's our hearts are so moved by the fullness of the Spirit in us, by being filled with the Spirit of God, with affections like thankfulness. That's why I love singing songs about the goodness of God and how we're thankful because I'm like, man, he has done so much for me. The mind is alive with the truth of God and the heart is alive with affections for God. So our minds are thinking about all God has done and the truth of his word, but our hearts are alive with, a, with love and affection and, and just a grateful spirit for God. And then verse 20 said, giving thanks always for all things. We sing thankfully. We sing with a thankful heart. We sing selflessly, verse 21, uh, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. We don't, it's not about us. 
It's not about what I want, but it's about, hey, I have a time to worship together with the people of God in God's house on the Lord's day. Man, I'm going to make it count. I'm going I'm I'm to be genuine in my heart of worship to the Lord. So I want to give you just a few things, and we'll be out of here shortly, church, as we're talking about this next level worship. Because here's the thing. You may love certain songs. You may love our worship time, but maybe you're one that's like, ah, the worship time of service is always a little nervous. That's why a lot of churches are very dark in the sanctuary. And I'm not against a church that has a dark sanctuary, but for some people, like, you know, people are really nervous to sing, so if it's dark, you can't see anybody, and it makes some people a little bit more comfortable to sing out. But we don't have really control over the lights in this place and with these giant, beautiful, sunny windows. It's not going to get dark in here ever. So we have to get to a point when, when we take the steps necessary by the grace of God to make our worship authentic, real, and not focused on ourselves. So what are some steps we can take for next level worship? And I'm talking about worship today. Maybe another week we're, we're going to do a different, you know, worship kind of in our lives in general because it's not just about singing. But today the message is about our corporate worship. What are some steps we can take for next level worship? The first one is this. Pray to get your heart ready for singing. You say, well, that seems kind of, no, no, it's so important because I know, listen, I know that I come into service sometimes very burdened. I come into church kind of frazzled sometimes. And I get here early to get things, but I come and I have a billion things in my mind. And I have to, oftentimes, and I wish I was more consistent with this, but so often you can get so busy for God that you really aren't really worshiping God. You're kind of just trying to create an environment of worship when in reality, man, my heart is not ready to worship. I'm not, I wasn't ready for it. There have been times when we got a five-minute countdown and there's two minutes left and I'm running around and I have to freeze and stop and I'll go into the back closet and say, God, help me to focus on you. Help me to focus on you. You're worthy. You're good. You've given us this church. You've given us these people. You've saved my soul and I have to realign my heart and my mind towards the things of God because life is busy and life does get crazy. So pray to get your heart ready to sing. Listen, on your way to church, say, Lord, give us a great service. Help our worship to be real. Lord, help it to be uh, honoring to you and, and God, help my spirit, help me to stay focused, help me to sing out, give me the boldness to sing out and not care what anybody thinks at all. Lord, help me lift my hands in praise to you, not thinking about what if people are looking at me, but just to worship you authentically. Pray, get your heart ready for singing. Praise out of obedience. It's, it's, listen, praise out of obedience. Psalm 47 says, sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises unto our king. Sing praises. Psalm 96, oh, sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Psalm 100, verses 1 and 2, make a joyful noise unto the Lord all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Church, singing is not a matter of choice. It's a matter of obedience. I don't really feel like singing today. Okay. It's not just like if you feel like it, it's, we're commanded to sing. We're commanded to worship God uh, with singing. The scriptures are very clear. It's not a matter of choice. It's a matter of obedience. It's a matter of obedience. Also, push beyond your personal preferences. You got to pray, yes. You got you to um, praise out of obedience and then push beyond your personal preferences. And this is a hard one. It's a hard one for some people. Not for everybody. Some people don't care. They don't really know any church songs, so anything they hear, they're great with. But sometimes people that have been saved for a while or they're Christians, they have, we all have preferences about 
songs and worship styles and music styles that we like. And we can't just erase those. Some people like country music. Some people hate country music. We all have music styles and preferences that we like. And we can't just erase those preferences. But we can decide to sing God's praises regardless of our preferences. We can make that choice. I'm going to sing and praise God regardless of the music style that I prefer. If we choose not to participate in the worship because we don't like a certain song or we don't like something about a certain song, we have made ourselves the center of an event that's supposed to be focused on God alone. I don't really like that song, so I don't really sing that one out. So worship's not about, we're not worshiping you anyway. <laughs> we're worshiping God. Listen, we got to push beyond our personal preferences sometimes. I've been in a lot of different types of church services. I've been in church services where there is zero contemporary Christian music. No, there's one piano, and it's just old hymns. And, and I love hymns, by the way. I'm not saying like that's a bad thing. And there's a guy, and it's just a servant. He's leading the songs like this, and he's just kind of... And guess what? I can make a choice. Be like, well, this is kind of dead. I remember I, I played piano in a church. They, they didn't have a piano player, but they had a piano. And I went for a meeting, and they were like, can you play for our service? I'm like, well, I don't really play well, but I can play the chords, I guess. You know, I'm not going to read the music. I'm just going to play by ear. So we did like Victory in Jesus. And I, as I sat down at the piano, I realized that the pedals didn't work. So you couldn't like hold a note out. So everything was just dun, dun, dun. So we sang, I heard an old, old story. And everything was very choppy. But guess what? I was like, I'm going to play my heart out and I'm going to sing along and I'm going to have a good time. It's a choice. It's beyond our personal preferences. We have to. It's about him anyway. It's not about you. So push beyond personal preferences. Pay attention to the words. Lyrics matter. Listen, it's not just about singing the words, like just reading along, following the bouncing ball. No. Read the words. Think about the words. Internalize the words. What are we singing? I understand when we're learning a new song that's tough. You're like trying to figure out how it's supposed to sound and you're reading, but, but as you begin to learn songs and as you're reading them and, and following along, man, make them mean something. Whether you're singing um, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound that everybody knows, or you're singing You're a Good, Good Father, the words can and should move you and make you want to worship more. Pay attention to what we're singing. It's so easy if you've grown up in church or been in church for a length of time where you know songs by heart. So you don't even need to read the words. You're just kind of going along, and, it's, and you're just kind of singing. You're just, it's almost like Christian karaoke. It doesn't really, you're just singing words, and you're just kind of going with it, and it's not really worship. It's just like singing any other song on the radio. It's not really worship. Pay attention to the words. Proclaim the gospel through singing. When we sing about Jesus, when we sing about God, when we sing about the cross, we are proclaiming the good news with emotion that often comes so deep from within our, our souls. Listen, singing can encourage the most wounded heart, the most wounded soul, and, and melt the hardest heart. Worship can do that. I have been, listen, I've led, I've sat in the chair when a song is being sung, and we're worshiping together, and man, I could have a bad attitude. I could be going through something and the Spirit of God washes over me and washes over that room and man, the emotions just begin to flow and man, the tears begin to fall and my hands shoot up in the air and all that I'm thinking about is not this or that or if I like the song or if the musicians 
you know, are doing a good job, but all I'm thinking about is God and his goodness in my life and him carrying me through dark times, whatever it may be. We're proclaiming the gospel through singing. And then lastly, this, and this one is something to think about, but ponder your privilege of singing. You know there's Christians all over the world that must praise silently. Or at least very, very softly because they could get arrested or killed, persecuted. We have the incredible privilege of singing God's praises as loud as we want every Sunday, really every day, any day, we would want to, without fear. We have the privilege to praise God with our voices in song as loud as we want. We have that freedom. We don't have to be afraid that someone's going to burst in and arrest us. So we ought to sing with all of our might and not be like, hey, how long is this song going to be? Like, hey, when's this going to be done? No, no, no. There's others. There's others that would, would just absolutely love to sing with all their heart. And yet, we who have that freedom and privilege are just waiting for it to get done. Or just kind of focusing on other things. Forget about how long a song is, or if you, how, you know, or, or your own voice. Well, I don't really sing that good. Uh, you know, listen, you're, you're, it's inward focused. That's inward focused. That's, you're making worship about you and what you want. Remember how privileged you are to have the freedom to sing, to praise the Lord as a body of believers. Listen, the worship service is not just a place where the gospel is declared. It's a place where the gospel is on display. The gospel is going to be preached. The word of God, Jesus, uh, who died and rose again for our sins, the only begotten son of Jesus Christ. Listen, the gospel will be declared and sung about, yes. But when you decide as a believer, as a child of God, to sing from your heart with a genuine heart of worship, thankful and grateful and amazed at the goodness and grace of God in your life, people around you see that. That's not just the gospel declared. That's the gospel on display. That's the gospel living out through you, which is why the challenge is, and which is why I challenge you often, don't be disengaged in worship. Man, don't be disengaged. Don't be focused on other things. Don't be just kind of lackadaisical about it. No, there's people watching. You can have someone that comes in this room that doesn't know Jesus, that's going through so much hurt and pain, and they're ready to give up on everything, and they come into a church, whether it's Coastline or any other church, where the worship is real, and they look around, and they see uh, people uh, just like them that are worshiping, that have their hands raised, that are worshiping God and praising the name of Jesus and singing about His goodness, how it's running after me, and the tears are flowing. People look around and see that, and it moves them. That'll move the heart of somebody. We had a guy that came and visited. He said, hey, I, I went on your website and I saw a bunch of people praising God with their hands up, singing out, and I had to come check it out. Listen, that's the gospel on display. People are watching. Your true next level worship will be disarming to some people who come in already doubtful, already skeptical of God and church and people, and you worship Man, in spirit and in truth, genuinely. Man, and you're worshiping God and you're singing out and you're not focused on anybody else, but you're focused on you and God and that time where we can worship God together. That disarms people. Listen, the likelihood of an unbeliever hearing and believing the gospel is incredibly increased 
when you combine the gospel on display in our worship, in our corporate worship, and the gospel declared. The gospel on display, man, our church, you, in your chair, standing up, hands up, singing out loud, man, just letting the worship move your soul. And then the gospel declared, the word of God preached. Listen, those two coupled together greatly increases the chance of a, of a life being changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen, you need a good reason to invite your friends and loved ones. Imagine if our church was just dead completely and no one really cared about singing. Like, why would you want to invite someone to a place where they're going to come and be like, oh, this is kind of awkward and this is kind of weird and this is kind of... I'm not saying that church, it's going to be awkward for somebody all the time, no matter if it's real worship or not, because some people are just so... But I'm saying... Man, I want to give our church a good reason to invite your friend where they come and say, this is real. Man, these people are worshiping. Man, God is at work in this people, and in their lives, you can see it. So church, as we close, let's get real this morning. What does it mean to truly worship? It's about laying aside our preferences as we walk in the door. It's about, uh, not, not just about the song we like, but even how we're feeling about that day. It's not just about our music style, but sometimes we come in and we're, again, we're tired, we're stressed. We walk in, into church on any given Sunday, uh, maybe with an attitude towards your spouse. We come in frazzled and frustrated. You're annoyed at your kids. They've been, they've been acting up this morning, and they didn't do this. And, didn't that. and we come in, and we're frustrated, and we try to open our mouths and sing when the song starts and when we lead it. And we're find that we're, we find that we're scatterbrained. We are hurt. We're tired. We're sad. We're broken. Maybe we're puffed up with pride, thinking, well, maybe we're lying to everyone around us and no one knows the truth about us, even, even ourselves. And we're lying and we, we're acting like we got it all together, but inside we're exhausted. We're barely making it. You know what we do so often when we feel that way? We just fake it till we make it. And we just get through this service. Shake some hands, give some hugs, have a cup of coffee, and get out of here. We fake it through the songs. We halfway listen to the message. We pretend we're fine with everyone around us. And then we leave and say, well, church was okay. Like, I didn't like that one song. The sermon went a little bit long today, but that's not, <laughs> that's not the church that Jesus died for. Worship changes us. When we let it, worship changes us. It works things out between us and God oftentimes. Do we really believe he is worthy despite how we feel? When we sing, worthy is your name, do we really believe that? Because we're singing it. And if we don't believe that he's actually worthy, then we're really just lying. Do we believe he is God even though we're doubting? Do we believe that he's enough? We sing, Jira, you are enough. Do we really believe he's enough when we don't see how things are going to work out? Do we believe that he heals even when he didn't heal the ones that we love and care about? Do we believe? Worship, real worship, changes us. It, it works things out between us and God when we let it. So let me suggest something this morning when it comes to your worship in the church. What if we came into worship as our true selves? What if we came Sunday morning, 10.30 in the summers and probably 10 a.m. in the fall and winter? What if we came into worship as our true selves? Sinful and prideful and broken, not okay, 
Tired, exhausted, worried, anxious, fearful, ashamed, sometimes condemned by the world, overworked, underpaid, feeling unseen, clueless, not knowing where to start. When we walk in these doors, listen, we can feel feelings. God created our emotions and feelings. We can experience emotions and struggles. We'll be sometimes fully and honestly angry or sad or upset when you come in these doors. I have been there. When I come in the doors and I have had a rough week where there is something going on in my life that it just seems like it's completely overtaken me, we will feel truly alone and hurt. We'll be anxious and scared. And in those moments when the worship begins, we must let God do work in us. We must surrender to him as his spirit and his truth come forth as we sing the songs of God. I can tell you how many times I've come in that way and I've stood up here and I'm like, man, I'm supposed to pastor these people and I'm like having a rough day or I'm having a bad day or I'm this and that. And we begin to sing and I just, it's just like the, the spirit of God has overwhelmed me. It overwhelms me. And it is messy sometimes. It is uncomfortable. It will cost. It will force us to make hard decisions. Trust when we can't see. Believe when we can't feel. It will mean repentance and a change. It will mean struggle. It will mean making life changes. It will mean work when we decide to come in as our true selves and worship God. But it's worth it. Authentic worship cannot be manufactured. I can do the best I can to create a culture of worship and have good tracks and great sound systems and, and, and try to play the guitar well and, and pick the songs and we practice our songs. I can do all of that and make this just an incredible worship experience, but it can't be manufactured. It comes from your heart. It comes from my heart. It's through the power of God alone. Authentic worship, next level worship, won't be boring. It won't be half-hearted. It has to flow from a heart consumed with God. What he's done and what he's doing. That's where real next level worship comes in. A heart consumed by God. What he's done and what he is doing in your life. And by the way, it is, it's hard to get into a heart of worship when we're walking into church 30 seconds before service starts. It's just the way it is. When we're walking in as the countdown is like finishing up and we're, we're all, listen, it's impossible not to be frazzled. When we're coming in 10 minutes after service starts, you've already missed the first two songs, you're not going to really experience the worship that God wants you to have and really be able to participate in next level worship because you just kind of, it, it's not as important as it should be. I'm not saying we don't have tough mornings. I have been late to church and I'm the pastor. What I'm saying is in our hearts, in our habits, it should be important enough for us to be here so we can participate in the one time a week that we have to worship together. The one chance a week, unless you go somewhere else on like a Thursday night, but the one chance for Coastline that you have to worship God, to participate in a corporate worship with the brothers and sisters in Christ and the fellowshipping and praising God. Listen, when we come in at the last second, man, you have no time to get your heart ready. You're like barely making it in. No, no. Listen, how important is it to you? Do you even want to have next level worship in your life, you have to ask yourself that question and you have to look at your priorities and you have to look at, at what is most important in your life because worship is about Him. It's about Him. So ask yourself, what are we offering to God each Sunday morning of worship? What are we offering to Him? What are we giving to Him in praise? Is it just 
hypocritical repetitions where we just sing the song, sing the words over and over again, or just feel good moments of self-motivation, like that song made me feel really good. It's not what it's about. Is it authentic worship to the one who deserves it? Next level worship. Listen, church. Listen. He is worthy of it. And church is often so, it's so easy to become so habitual in our lives where we just show up, we do our thing, we sing the songs. We even like the songs, but really in our hearts, we're just try, kind of trying to get through it. To where then our, our spirit does begin to say like, well, I don't like this, I don't really like this song, or this song's really long, or this and that. And I know we've joked before, I'm not talking about, about anybody that's made a joke about a song. I'm not saying that. I'm saying... Oftentimes, in our hearts, genuinely, we start to get frustrated. Like, man, this is like taking a long time. I'm ready to get out of here. My goodness, church. You've got to look at your heart. I've got to look at my own heart because I can do the same thing. We've got to look at our heart and say, what are we offering God on Sunday mornings? What are we offering God when we show up at the last second and leave the second the, the, the service is over. Because I, it's almost like we're doing it just to make ourselves feel good so we know, like, well, I'm going to church, so here I am. Man, this is the church of the living God. We worship the King of kings and Lord of lords, and he's worthy of it. And we put so much stock and effort and passion into other things of our lives, myself included. We steward our time so that we can do the things that we want to do. And oftentimes in our worship, we give God our leftovers. Oh, God, help us and God forgive us. And God convict us. I'm not trying to tick you off today. I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. I'm not trying to make you think I'm talking about someone. I'm not at all. No, no, no. Listen, if the Spirit of God convicts your heart about something, that's different. But that's not my job. I don't want to do that. I just want to give you what the Word says, what God has shown me, what God is speaking to me. We have to be Christians with next-level worship because it's the gospel on display. Next Sunday when we sing, man, get your mouth open, get your hands up, praise God. Not because I said to, by the way, because it's not me, so you better sing out. No, 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 because the word commands us to. Because in, beyond that, yes, that, but because he's worthy. Because he's done so much for you and he's never failed you. We sang it, he won't fail. Because of those truths that we say we believe, man, let's praise him and honor and worship his name with everything we got for the 15, 20 minutes that we have. Because he is worthy of it. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Take some time, church, and just pray. Take some time this morning. Just talk to him. I'm not going to ask any questions. If the Spirit of God has spoken to your heart, then talk to him. If you say, you know what, that's kind of been me. I'm kind of just trying to get through it. It's not as real as it should be. Then say, God, forgive me. God, forgive me. God, forgive me. You're worthy of my worship. You died for me. You're worthy of my worship. You've changed my life. You're worthy of my worship. You've, listen, you've given me a family. You're worthy of my worship. You give me a home in heaven. Save me from hell. You're worthy of my worship. And God, with everything in me, I will worship you. I will praise your name. I will lift my hands in praise to God because you are worthy of it. Thank you again for listening to the Coastline Baptist Church Podcast. We hope the message was an encouragement to your heart. Please connect with us through our website, coastlinecc.org, or on Facebook or Instagram. 
send us a message, send us an email, and we'd love to connect with you. We'd also love if you could visit us for a Sunday morning service. You can find our address on our website, and our services start at 10 a.m. Our mission at Coastline is simply this, to know Jesus deeply and to show Jesus daily. I hope that we've helped you do that in your life today. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.